Unspoken Issues. That's right. We are back with Extreme Justice Number Zero. But how did we get there? Well, it's another poll, if I remember correctly. And to help me find that, because we certainly don't have it ready, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Chris Armstrong's here. Chris, you ready to let's go? Let's go dive into the unspoken. This one should be site. easier to locate. Site. Yeah, so I got it here. This was from uh, December. Actually, ended up getting quite a few more votes than I expected. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, but beacon it out. The the poll is between Extreme Justice Number Zero and Force Works Number One. So we were going with the extreme versions of the Marvel and DC uh, classic teams. Extreme Justice number zero wins it with a vote of 20 to 19. Wow, look at that. All right. Let's talk about this real quick because Mm -hmm. I was not reading a whole lot of DC at this time in the 90s. I know prior to this, uh, in the very early 90s, maybe late 80s, I was picking up um, some DC comics specifically. I remember I've got all the, uh, just about every single Armageddon 2001 cross, uh, event crossover that yeah. happened. I was picking up Huntress every once in a while. I, it was, it was really hard for me to land on a DC comic that I really liked. Like Batman was okay, but I wasn't buying that off the shelf all the time. So it was mostly all the Marvel stuff that I was used to and actually going to spend money on. So Extreme Justice, this hits, this is number zero. It hits January of 1995, according to uh, what I'm seeing here. So the cover date is January 1995, which means it probably released sometime late in 94. First issue titled With a Bang. And it's written by Dan Vado, pencils by Mark Campos, inks by Ken Branch, lettered by Kevin Cunningham, and colored by Lee Loffridge. So, Extreme Justice. This Was this a blip on the old Armstrong radar? This was not, because this hit right in the midst of my comic book hiatus, the famous okay. Chris yep. hiatus from the mid-90s, where I was uh, out of the comic book realm for about a year and a half. And okay. So I did not know anything about this. I, you know, started seeing it in dollar bins and stuff in like the late nineties when I, you know, back by the time I was back into comics and stuff, but never had read a single issue of it. It was all, this is a book that's always kind of along with force works is kind of, uh, sort of mocked by, you know, comic fans as being like one of the bad nineties comics with bad nineties art (laughs) and just, Uh, but I, I never read it, and it was not nearly as bad as I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, I, I, as far as Marvel and DC, I was definitely a Marvel guy. But I also was kind of a kid who would read just about any comic I could get my hands on. So I read some Batman, some uh, the occasional Justice League, Superboy, stuff like that. Robin, definitely in the later night, late late nineties, early two thousands, I was into you know Nightwing and just about any other. I was I was just as much into DC as Marvel pretty much by then. But in the in the 90s, I was mostly Marvel, but I would read some DC stuff occasionally. I've heard people talk about how Extreme Justice was not very good. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like I wasn't reading DC, so I didn't know specifically what people's issues were with it. Everybody was jumping on the extreme train. Yeah. Uh, you know, that it seems like that is indicative of the 90s we gotta get extreme baby it's extreme i mean mean, we called a wrestling federation extreme championship wrestling (laughs) that was a thing uh you know extreme justice was going to maybe catch the eye of the kiddies uh so in 95 yeah i think this is a year before i'm graduating high school 
And I'm not, I'm not getting this. I'm, I'm well into image territory at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've gone from. You want that image imitation? You don't have that imitation image stuff. You want no, the real deal. <laughs> I want the real deal. That's right. You know, I, I, this is, man. When you look at this cover, my goodness. Uh, speaking of something that looks like imitation image, it's not. <laughs> you know, it's. It, I know the, we got some characters that are definitely mainstays of the DC universe, but there are some. Uh, there are some 90s updates to some of these characters mm-hmm. as well. So, okay, you booster. yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I had to, number one, I had to learn who these characters were. I knew who they were. I mean, I, I, that's Captain Adam on the front. He's not the mm-hmm. Captain Adam that I'm, he looks a little bit different than what I'm used to, but it's Captain Adam. I could tell there were some characters I didn't know. I didn't know the guy in green up there in the top. Well, right, I'm not surprised because right. they don't even mention his name in the comic book. <laughs> Dude, I well, had his. They mentioned his, his first, first name. name. The one black guy on the team. Yeah, uh, <laughs> name is Will. Uh, I looked. I had to look him up. His name is Amazing Man. Mm-hmm. His his code name or whatever. But That's they right. don't mention right. that in the book. They nope. do give you a display of his power, where he basically absorbs energy and redirects it or whatever, which is kind of a generic superpower at this point. But yeah, Blue Beetle looks. Somewhat like the Blue Beetle here. He looks a little bit more menacing on the mm-hmm. cover here because you can't see his face. Blue Beetle classic costume there. Maxima, which, uh, uh, no, I, uh, you know, again, I will I will claim ignorance. I, I've heard of her. <laughs> no idea who she is. Um, I only know her uh, because of, I believe she was in the Death of Superman story. She was one of the Justice League characters who shows up in that and actually can kind of give... That's right. She seems to be kind of a a second-rate Wonder Woman. Right, right. And yeah, yeah, look squarely at Booster Gold there on the bottom um, because that is a 90s costume. (laughs) That And it's almost like the dude even has a nose... Guard. I mean, it looks yeah, I'm not like sure what's going on there. You could almost think that was a bird nose or something. I don't know. It just looks weird. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what this is? It looks like Super Pro. Um, yes. <laughs> it looks like Super Pro. I swear, just a different variant. He's got some big shoulder pads. Yep. He's got some like extra long pouches all around his his waist, his belt there. Yeah, just. I'm pretty sure they were they they were intentionally like let's '90s this guy up. Yeah, they would oh, have yeah. used that term in the '90s probably. <laughs> well, they, let's, let's, he's got to get a little bit more extreme. <laughs> extreme. So yeah, the artist was drinking Mountain Dew. When here's he what I did. I did this issue. <laughs> right, Joe Cola maybe. Um, this <laughs> is here. Here we go. We're, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the cast here of this comic book, and I actually have some. I, I, I went a little bit deeper into this one, be, uh, but before I get into that, before we get into the cast of this, anything else you want to talk about here before we jump into the cast and the synopsis? Uh, just off the top, the the uh, creative team. I've never heard of any of these guys. Right, dude. I haven't. And I'm either. not. I'm. I'm not. You know, bashing them or anything. I'm just saying. I, these are writer Dan Vado or Vado, uh, Mark Compost, the uh, penciler. I've never Ken Branch, the inker. I have heard that name or, or well, read that name, whatever, but. The, the the writer and penciler I've never heard of those guys before. <laughs> Dan does Dan does have his own wiki here, his own Wikipedia. His writing okay. credits include Barabbas from Mirage Studios. I don't recognize that. Okay. Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. I recognize that. Bill the Clown. Nope. Uh, Extreme Justice. Haunted Mansion. So okay. Now I 
probably a Disney tie-in comic. Well, or I don't know. the The name of this company is called Slave Labor, so I, I mean, well, maybe not. <laughs> that, I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Bill the Clown from Slave Labor, Haunted Mansion is from Slave Labor, Hero Sandwich is from Slave Labor as well. Uh, he is ju- apparently credited on Justice League America, uh, Universal Monsters Dracula from Dark Horse. And he it says he also founded the Alternative Press Expo, one of the first comics conventions dedicated to alternative comics and self-publishers. So it sounds like he's got a That's bit cool. of an indie background. You know, yeah, you're right. He He's not somebody that we're going to be like, oh, man, you got to check out the Vado uh, <laughs> suite of comic books. So, yeah, I haven't heard any of these people. Uh, they, uh, this is 1995 D.C., Boy, I would have loved to have had an industry expert on here as to what the state of things were for DC <laughs> in '95. I don't really think they're doing so hot, in my opinion. Like, I think, yeah, com- th- I think this would have been after you know the industry kind of started to implode. So, you know, we're we're well past Batman's back being broke. We're past mm-hmm. probably past the return of uh, Superman. I believe that's not happening. Uh, yeah, that would have happened by now. Yeah. yeah, that would have happened by this time. Here's our cast, okay? So I talked about Captain Adam. Captain Adam, created by Joe Gill and Steve Ditko. Uh, first appearance in Volume 2 of Captain Adam, number 1, March of 1987. He is a hero connected to and powered by the quantum field, the result of a secret government project. This is all from DCFandom.com here. Booster Gold. Now, supposedly it's mentioned in this comic that he had died. Uh, I might be able to shed a little bit of light on that and as to what's going on here with this new costume and everything. Uh, But Booster Gold's created by Dan Juergens, and he first showed up in February of 96 in Booster Gold number one. He is a time traveler from the 25th century using future tech to his advantage. Recently was severely wounded, lost an arm, which, by the way, let me look at that cover again. He lost an arm. Apparently, he has a cybernetic arm that (laughs) he was. Does this sound familiar? He has an arm, a cybernetic arm, and it was all thanks to our good buddy Ted Cord was able to help him out. He he had lost an arm in a battle against Overmaster, and this led to Blue Beetle helping him build a new suit that keeps him. I I guess it's got some life support stuff going on too. Uh, But there you go. So Blue Beetle, created by Steve Ditko and Gary Friedrich. Secret Origins, Volume 2, Number 2, May of 1986, is Blue Beetle's first, Ted Cord's first appearance. He's smart, especially when it comes to computers and tech. Uh, He's stealthy and acrobatic. Okay. All right, Maxima. Maxima was created by Roger Stern and George Perez, first appearing in Action Comics, Number 645, from 1989. She is from the planet Almorak. And, uh, yeah, when you look at her fandom page and check out the list of powers, it is a lot. She's one of the more powerful ladies, especially at this time in DC Comics. Then we have Will, Amazing Man. Will Everett III, grandson of the original Amazing Man. He can change his body to replicate inorganic matter. He comes into contact with and absorb energy. Created by Dan Vado. And Mark mm. Campos. That's right. So this is this is his uh, at least uh, this is not his first appearance because his first appearance is Justice League America '86 in March of '94. So he's been around for a, about a year at this point. But yeah, I'm guessing these guys were doing Justice League for a while, and the, and then they spun off into this new title. So. Right. Right. We got a couple. Uh, we'll, we'll just say there's some antagonists in this zero issue, but they are very, very, very brief. I'm sure that as the series goes on, you're going to get more about these people. But we have General Singe. I'll go with Singe. 
Uh, his first, this is his first appearance in this issue, and there's not really much of a prior history with this guy. You kind of get, he, he might, you don't know if he's shady or not. You know, he works for the government, and that's about it. Then we have the peacekeepers. They get mentioned at the very end of this issue, but there is a history. So did you, have you ever heard of the peacekeepers before? Maybe, but I, I can't tell you anything about them. Okay. Short-lived U.S. government quick response task force led by Captain Adam at one point. So at mm. that kind of spins things on its head when Adam's looking at that screen and says, holy crap, you know, it's the peacekeepers. Well, <laughs> he led them at one point. Uh, they first appeared in Justice League America number 80, September of 93. So it's not like they've been around for a long time. But regardless, uh, that's uh, they get mentioned at the end. So uh, which I just realized that you were rattling off the first appearances of all these characters. They're all relatively new characters. They're all from the 80s, with the exception of Will. Uh, no, who was like a year into his existence here, and no, every every one of these except for Amazing Man all appeared in the eighties. Like okay. the next, the okay. next eighty nine was Maxima. So okay. she, yeah, she's she's pretty young too, I guess you'd say. So yeah, they're all like within the last fifteen years. They're and none of the big guns obviously are in this one. You know, Justice League, especially like for modern Justice League comics, there's like the James Mateus, Keith Giffen, Kevin McGuire, like Wahaha Justice right. League from like the late eighties. Then it kind of transitions into there was the Justice League Spectacular, which is like a one shot that kind of launched the early 90s era of Justice League. Uh, and then it transitions into this. And then I looked ahead from Extreme Justice. Uh, I look up the last issue of, of Extreme Justice and there's like a letters page has a like a farewell thing in it basically says from this we're launching into the Grant Morrison, uh, Howard Porter, Big Seven JLA, oh, stuff, which was like the okay. big revival of Justice League in the late 90s. So, Interesting. Uh, so this kind of is the last gasp before they go back to like the big guns in the in the Morrison era. That synopsis is coming up. But first, let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W, the number 2M Network, for that free 30-day trial. We open the book with a military crisis when a Colonel West has taken over a base and is threatening to launch nukes at Russia. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, however, the Justice League comprised of Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Maxima, and Amazing Man, Will Everett III, arrive to try to stop him. After eliminating some armed robots, they are able to contain West, but not before he is able to launch one of the nukes. Catapulting himself into the sky at super speed, Captain Adam catches up with the missile, only to have it detonate midair. Luckily, he is okay. Now the team seeks a headquarters to plan their next move, and Captain Adam brings them to an abandoned silver mine whose tunnels lead to some underground structures that were once used by the federal government. This is the decommissioned Mount Thunder. But when they arrive, they are soon surrounded by another group of armed drones. As they work to destroy the robots, Blue Beetle is off to find whatever is controlling them. He soon leads the team to the hub, where they realize that Thunder Mountain has not been deserted like Cap originally had thought. At this moment, a General Singe gets a call and is informed that there has been a security breach at Mount Thunder. Singe wants to send an Air Force special team 
there to find out who has broken into the facility. Back at Mount Thunder, the team finds a large room called the Brain, a command center. As they get it up and running, they see that the peacekeepers, not the peacemakers, the peacekeepers, (laughs) the peacekeepers are about to enter the tunnel to, to the facility and they know they are in for a battle. And that's kind of where we end. Now, there's a bit of a small side, I don't know, what is it, like a page or two? And you tell me if you recognize who this was. There's a Mr. Raymond who is unfortunately given the news. He's or at a doctor's office. He's given the news. He has an unusually advanced leukemia. And the doctor advises him to get his affairs in order and maybe visit some old friends. So do you know who this Raymond is? Yeah, I did not know when I read it. I had to, I knew the name Raymond was a familiar DC character, but I couldn't place it because I'm not super familiar with a lot of the, the, the less popular, like, megastar dc characters uh but it's firestorm so right. yeah, he and he shows up later in the series as well i guess he gets better there's also a shady like green figure that's kind of watching captain adam captain adam's going to run into this guy at some we don't have no idea who it is we just know he's keeping yeah. tabs on captain adam and he's probably going to be a big bat at some point but we know he's got shoulder pads that's right he does damn right he's got a ponytail maybe (laughs) (laughs) that is extreme justice number zero there isn't really yeah there's stuff that happens here but it's it's like three or four beats it's like hey here's the team hey where are we going to put have our headquarters at what's going to be our next few uh bad guys we run into and that's it um so i had a good time with it it's real simple you said you didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people thought it was i didn't either i didn't think it was bad at all i mean there's uh there's not a whole lot to it (laughs) but but yeah it's a decent like it's kind of weird that they made a zero issue and i'm assuming this came out before issue one and you're making a zero issue and then you leave it on a cliffhanger so issue number one is going to start in the middle of store it just doesn't make a lot of sense right zero issues normally in the 90s at least when they first started doing them a lot were normally like flashback issues yeah they're kind of showing you what happened right before the first issue started but when you're putting out issue zero first and leaving it especially on a cliffhanger that's kind of a weird decision i think but hey hindsight's 2020 i guess (laughs) it's not yeah 95 they're probably like well let's play with the formula a little bit i i get it too sometimes zero issues they're the standalone stuff you know that's it's mm-hmm. just, you know, or uh, again, showing you the, some backstory on somebody. I like Campos, yeah. uh, the artist. I like the action sequences are really uh, well done. Page, a couple pages were kind of confusing as far as like what order to read the panels in and stuff. Not great layouts always, but um, it's definitely of the time. And and you see some of the gritted teeth and the and the spittle on the <laughs> in the mouths of the characters as they're screaming stuff. But, you know, I love that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> uh, I don't know that it's something that I necessarily am going to track down and, and get to anytime soon as far as reading more of this. But uh, certainly not a bad 15 minute, you know, comic to read. Let's uh, let's pick a panel. I'm going down through here and there's some definite like actiony spots. I mean, let me see here. There's an obvious right. one. Uh, is it the splash page? Yeah, but I, I don't know for? if I'm going to pick that. I'm, I'm kind of looking through here. There, There's not a whole lot. I mean, they're surrounded. They got their backs against each other. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen? And, you know, you got a bunch of uh, oh, Ed 209 surrounding them. <laughs> That's a that's decent. There's not a whole lot of action going on there. It's just well, I mean, I'm at this splash page at the beginning, the two page. The, oh, OK. Gotcha. 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 I was looking. Oh, yeah. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> yeah. Now that's yeah, that's action packed. What world are they flying on? 
They got some. They, I, I was going to mention those. I like those hover boots or whatever. They've got, yeah. they basically got hoverboards, but there's just there's like one on each foot. You got to. I mean, you got to give those not as powerful characters a way to get around in these big fights. Yeah, you can't. You <laughs> can't have. Yeah, you can't have the the big guys carrying them everywhere. So <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I'm going to do. I will go with when Captain Adam's trying to catch up. There's a sequence there. I'm going with a panel. You know, I'm I'm picking two panels, so eat that. It's it's when he's trying to get to the missile. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the the missile as it's flying into the into the air, and he's trying his best to get to this mm-hmm. thing. And you're like, oh man, is he going to get to it? Uh, so I'll, I'll do the I'll do the I'll do the missile if I can't if I have to pick one of those two panels, it would be the one that looks like. All you can see is just kind of like his face and the mm-hmm. air rushing past his face. Yeah, and that's, that's cool. strange. I like the design of the the panel because it's like it's you know it's all sketched out, you know, mm-hmm. kind of rough looking. But it's oh, there's like two of them uh, with with him flying towards it, and they're they're kind of reversed. You know, one panel is. Oh, I see that. Yeah. In one direction, one, the other, but they're both like an exclamation point without the dot at the bottom. Right. So right. I wonder if that was intentional. That that's kind of neat. Uh, my panel is going to be on the same page. It's going to be the explosion, the the big nuclear explosion in the yeah. last page. All right, it's a nice looking explosion. I'll, I will. Uh, I'll second that. So uh, yeah. So fanboys, all all the fanboys out there can have the uh, the two page splash at the beginning. We're we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be different. We'll take uh, we'll take those. Man, I I mean I really didn't have a whole lot to say uh, when it comes to the, the art. The coloring looks good. I mean, if we're going to pick on Booster Gold's suit, I understand. Yeah, it's goofy looking, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is 95. I don't know much about Booster Gold, but I don't really know much of him having a mean streak in him, though. That's the thing. Yeah, like, maybe that, he does. That's, that's another thing I was going to point out with, with Booster. He, he doesn't do a whole lot in this book, really, but he doesn't seem like it. The personality doesn't seem quite right. And especially Blue Beetle, like he's he's jumping around. He's he, he, he you know, in the big fight at the beginning, he he uh, tricks a couple of the robots into blowing each other up. And he's like, sometimes I even impress myself, which he, he seems more like cocky than I right. would think. Yeah, you know, I always think of Blue Beetle as like the lovable loser type. He's not very confident. Maybe that's because the first Blue Beetle comic I read was that Justice League Spectacular one shot where like I think Booster and a few other characters had to like convince him to come back to Justice League because he uh, kind of felt like he was a big loser or whatever. So I, I just, it seemed like the personalities were a little off, but I'm also not super familiar with the characters anyway. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Right. I mean, if we didn't know who these characters were, you get a good feeling for who their, their personalities are or what kind of personalities they have. You know, Captain Adam definitely feels like the hero. He definitely feels like the guy that's got everything under control. He's, he's mm. also the leader. leader. The leader. That's right. But Booster, yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot of anything. Maxima doesn't really do a whole lot of, a lot of anything. And Will, you know, or I'm sorry, Amazing <laughs> Man, I was trying to figure out their power set as I was going through uh, the comic. And, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of that either. Either, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, hey, Maxima, go do this with your eye beams or something. It, 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 <laughs> it didn't. They didn't feel very individual. At least mm-hmm. some of them didn't. The, the only two that really stood out to me were Blue Beetle and Captain Atom. It's kind of Captain Atom's issue. He's right. kind of take center stage. Right, right. All right. Anything else here before we close up shop? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot to really say about it. I didn't dislike it. And while I'm not going to rush out to read a lot of uh, follow-up issues, it's not something I'm going to discount in the future. Maybe I'll check them out again uh, later on down the line. Yeah, it was a good time. 
is extreme justice number zero. This would be a good time to plug a sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Unspoken Issues, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and close up shop here. What do you got going on? Uh, you know, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. Also got a movie podcast I do with my buddy AJ where we talk about direct-to-video and made-for-TV movies as well as like sometimes current stuff we've been watching lately. Uh, that's called Small Screeners. You can find it on pretty much any podcast platform and you can find the Small Screeners Twitter and Instagram accounts at Small Screeners. Hashtag Fred Ward for president. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can go back into the archive here on the Source Material Comics podcast feed. You should be able to find some unspoken issues related stuff, uh, especially the unspoken epics as well, where uh, Chris Armstrong and myself, Dean Compton, Derry Waite get together, talk, a, a, uh, do a long form version instead of doing a single issue. We may look at a story arc. We, we talked about Dead Man's Hand. That was a fantastic, fun episode. We also recently spoke about our last episode that we did for Unspoken Issues should be our Daredevil 321, uh, where we looked at the new costume uh, that, uh, well, the issue that featured the new costume. We didn't spend a whole lot of time on the new costume just because it just, I mean, hey, it looked cool. And that was about it. But hey, go check that issue out, uh, or excuse me, that episode out. That's out there as well. And of course, we have the Source Material Comics podcast where Chris Armstrong and myself have got together on there, too. We talk Morbius in a hoodie and the oh, ultimate yeah. nullifier. And, and <laughs> Chris Armstrong's favorite character, <laughs> the Rose. <laughs> oh, man. I was too hard on the Rose. Uh, well, you know, hey, it's all right. The, the Rose of all people. I loved it, man. <laughs> I, the Rose. The Rose sucks. OK. All right. We know where Chris Armstrong stands. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, folks, go check that out. That's on the feed as well. So with that being said, we're out of here. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com and the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network, so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share, and we look forward to entertaining you again soon.